Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now let the show begin. Hello and welcome back to the show. This is your host, Don McCauley. Today we're welcoming to the program author Anne Radelfs, and Anne is the author of Illness Can Be the Cure. Anne, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Well, let's start with a big question. Tell us a little bit about your book, please. Well, the title of my book is Illness Can Be the Cure because our illnesses have great potential for helping us. Through our illnesses, our wounded souls are alerting us to their need for healing. And they're often telling us exactly what needs to be done through each symptom. Despite our many achievements, most of us live lives that are so much smaller than what we're capable of. And our illnesses are an indication that it's time to make some changes. In my book, I discuss some of the many changes that our souls may be urging through our health issues. So who did you write your book for specifically? Anyone seeking lasting health. In our country, we tend to define health as freedom from obvious or uncomfortable symptoms, but this is such a limited definition. Feeling happy and symptom-free in such a dysfunctional world is hardly healthy. We can only hold up such a facade for so long before our true thoughts and feelings start surfacing. Amazingly, these indications of our surfacing humanity may even be diagnosed and treated as pathological. For example, depression is often treated as a disease process when... In my experience, these folks are genuinely grief-stricken for very good reasons. Our illnesses are often part of this process of taking down the phony facades and getting real with ourselves and each other. Now, would you say there's a minimum reading age on the book? Not really. Really, anybody who is a good reader can get something out of it, I think. It takes a certain amount of introspection, a willingness to look inside, see ourselves which comes with maturation, I would say at least an adolescent. Now, if you had to choose, what would you say is the single most important idea you're sharing in your book that's really going to add value to the reader's life? Readers will never look at sickness in the same way again. They will see it not so much as a problem, but as an opportunity for growth. When our minds have been mechanized, we tend to view things mechanically, and we see our bodies more like machines. We want to take out what is diseased or defective, perhaps exchanging it for what will work. We look to reduce what is excessive and increase what is lacking. Readers of my book will come to understand that every part of us is human, and in that it has life, feeling, brilliance, and purpose. Every part of us communicates. A sick body is communicating a lot about how it's been treated, not just physically, but psychologically. Every physical problem is a representation of a psychological or soul problem. For example, cancerous growth that's harming our physical body typically represents overgrowth of the false self that's devastating our psychological body. When our true identity is repeatedly traumatized, we develop a false self that fits more comfortably within our traumatic world. Terminal cancer is a signpost that our false selves are literally killing us. Now, if you could compare your book with any book out there we might already be familiar with, which book would it be and why? Well, I once purchased a book called Your Body Speaks by Deb Shapiro. I didn't read much of it before loaning it to a friend that was having some serious health problems. But what I read went right along with my experience and what I write about. 
Our bodies speak with love and intelligence through every physical problem we might have. Illness Can Be the Cure is a more in-depth workbook for those who feel ready to face the truth about themselves and their lives. It contains many exercises where readers can personally apply the material. Part of the dysfunction in our world is that we're so focused on our physical bodies and their activities and needs. And if we want true, lasting health, we need to be attending to the activities and needs of psychological bodies, hearts and minds, just as much as physical bodies. Tell us about your background. Well, I'm a retired psychiatrist, a retired MD, and I've had a lot of years to look at what people are expressing through their illnesses. So what led you to write this book? I'm seeing more and more sick people who are suffering needlessly and dying prematurely. If they only realize that their bodies and souls are talking to them, and they learn to hear what they're saying and respond appropriately, they have many more choices than following the typical course of their illness or disease process. I want people to know that we ourselves are choosing whether to be sick or healthy by the degree that we're following our healthy soul's guidance. There's hope. What do you mean by dying prematurely? Well, I see this as dying before we fulfilled our God-given life's purpose. I find that many people believe that God determines when and how we die, but that hasn't been my experience. For example, we've all known chronic smokers who died of lung cancer or alcoholics who died from liver disease who could have changed the course of their lives by not smoking or drinking so much. We all make daily choices of what we take into our bodies, healthy nutrition or toxic junk food, for example. We also choose what we take into our psychological bodies or souls, and this affects our health as well. When we come home from work, do we read a spiritual book and spend time in prayer, or do we turn on a TV sitcom? Most people don't seem to realize that our moment-to-moment -moment decisions truly matter. So how do you define the soul? Well, the soul includes the heart and mind of the individual. And here I'm referring to the emotional heart of a person, not the physical heart. As most people are more focused on their physical bodies than their psychological bodies or souls, these souls try to get our attention by employing what we notice to communicate what we don't notice. For example, those whose emotional hearts are congested with a buildup of unconscious, unexpressed emotions can succumb to congestive heart failure. To me, a heart attack is a soul's desperate attempt to draw a person's attention to his failing emotional life. So in your opinion, what's a healthy soul like? Well, a healthy soul is one that's growing and actively pursuing growth. Now, we know that adults must have employment in the world to earn a living and develop skills. However, most people don't know that we have to work diligently on the inside world as well to become more alive and more developed in every aspect of our being. I find that many people assume if we're physically mature, then we're psychologically mature, with a few exceptions, such as with the mentally ill. But this is not an accurate assumption, one that our souls are trying to correct through our various body symptoms. We are capable of so much more than what we realize. So what's an unhealthy soul like? Well, an unhealthy soul is fragmented or in pieces, as with a split mind and broken heart. For example, some boys are reared to be estranged from their feminine qualities. They learn to reject them, and they hide them away in the unconscious mind. 
and some girls are reared to be estranged from their masculine qualities. These are hidden in their unconscious minds. When we reject some of our human qualities while accepting others, we live partial lives compared to whom we were born to be. And this is heartbreaking. They're also burdened by unresolved traumas, which they may carry around all their lives, often burdening others as well as recreating these traumas or avoiding what reminds them of these traumas. These are the dynamics of post-traumatic stress, recreating our traumas or avoiding what is reminiscent of our traumas. And our souls are so often nudging us through our illnesses to work through our post-traumatic stress and to discover and heal our lost soul parts. How did you come to learn that souls speak through illness? When I was in medical school, I was disturbed by all the suffering I saw in the hospitals and clinics, particularly in the children. It was devastating to watch. I wanted to know why these folks were suffering so. And I remember asking God, why are so many people in such pain? And I slowly began to hear the answer. For example, one young woman seemingly successful in every year of her life was dying from some disease. And as she took her last breath, her father took her hand and said, I never could let go of you, could I? And I realized death was her way to find freedom and to end her emotional pain. By the way, pain in the physical body is usually a manifestation of pain in the psychological body. And the location of the physical pain expresses something of the nature of that wounded soul. So what are some common communications that souls express through illness? Break the routine is an important communication. Illness gets us off the treadmill of our lives. We start interacting with new people like doctors, nurses, and lab techs. We begin taking life more seriously, especially when we've been diagnosed with a potentially terminal illness. We're less apt to take our time for granted and more apt to make the most of the time we have left. Slow down in order to speed up your growth is another common communication. These days, people are moving a mile a minute, and people rarely find the time to give themselves and each other the attention and help that they need on a soul level. When people are laid up in bed, they suddenly have the time. How does the unconscious mind play into this dynamic of disease and healing? Change is natural. Growth is natural. And usually when we resist the change that accompanies growth, it's because we've had some bad experiences with it. And these experiences may be hidden away in the unconscious mind. For example, for the boys who are reared to get rid of their feminine qualities, these qualities may be associated with criticism and ridicule. They may resist their feminine nature as adults because they don't want to feel the associated pain and humiliation. Their souls may try to bring this to their attention with diseases that affect their male organs or with dysfunctions that give them feminine traits. Women who have shunned their masculine qualities may acquire diseases of their female organs or dysfunctions that cause them to have masculine traits. In general, pain in reproductive organs is alerting us to something in our masculine or feminine nature or experience that's unhealthy and causing suffering. Now, based on your experience as a writer, what's the one recommendation you would make to authors just starting out? Well, in my experience, our books are gifts from God. We need merely pay attention and take notes. In your opinion, who should buy your book? Those who want to understand why they or their loved ones are sick. Those who truly want to be healthy and are willing to put in the effort it takes to maintain health in such an unhealthy world. Do you have a website? 
I do. I'm in the middle of a website changeover right now. My new site is com for those who want to buy my book. And for those who want to see the books I've contributed to in the past or more about my services as a listener and speaker, see AnnTheListener.org. Could you spell your name for us, please? A-N-N-E-R-E-D-E-L-F as in Frank, S as in Susan. Well, this has been just great. Our guest today has been Ann Riddells, and she is the author of Illness Can Be the Cure. Ann, thanks very much for being with us today. Thank you. This is Don McCauley wrapping up another edition of The Author Show. Listen to some of your favorite authors every day, 24-7, by visiting theauthorshow.com. Just click on the book title and the player at the top of the page. These interviews are available to book buyers worldwide on demand. If you'd like to be a guest on the show and feel you could benefit by getting in front of your target audience with a high-quality media interview that will make a real impact, visit theauthorshow.com, fill out the form, and we may be contacting you shortly. You can also visit our audio bookstore at theaudiobookmarket.com. Join us here next time for another great book and another exciting author on The Author's Show. Thanks for listening to The Author's Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorsshow.com. Theauthorsshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author's Show.